Joining us now in our studios uh, are the uh, mayor and city administrator of Mayor Rhonda Pownell and City Administrator Ben Martin. Good morning. Good morning. Thank Good morning. you. Thank you both for coming in today. Absolutely. All right. Let's, uh, it's kind of a historic day in downtown Northfield as we have uh, the last day of the Archer House. It's uh, got a lot of it was gone yesterday, but the historic part today will be uh, demolished and we'll be talking with uh, folks from Rebound next hour. But uh, oh, that's great. Yeah, kind of a bittersweet day. Uh, let's let's talk about last night. You had a council meeting. Uh, a few things on the regular agenda. Uh, we had talked last time. I, I think it was uh, with uh, Ben Marty that uh, about joining the uh, coalition of Greater Minnesota Cities. Uh, you have been talking about that, getting information. They've been recruiting you. What did you decide last night? Uh, that's a fairly short one. The council had a very long discussion on it. The city's never been a member of the Coalition of Greater Cities. We were members of the League of Minnesota Cities, and they provided... We're going to have you move that microphone a little closer. Uh, there sorry, we go. There. there we go. <laughs> we got League of Min- we're members of the League of Cities who does lobbying efforts. They do professional management guidance, uh, development for elected and appointed officials. And the coalition really specializes in Greater Minnesota Cities, providing lobbying uh, efforts uh, in the direct interest of Greater Cities. And... I think it's about a $40,000 membership fee as you phase in. It's a pretty significant investment for the city, and Northfield's never been members. The, the council decided not to move forward uh, with being members of it. Um, and there, I think there was a number of different points. Cost was one concern. The fact that we do have partnerships with the League of Minnesota Cities and um, other other pieces with that. So uh, we decided not to join and move forward with the, uh, mm-hmm. you know, with not continuing or not joining the, the coalition as new members. You're right. That is a short one. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> I, just, I would just, yeah, I would just add to that. So most people probably don't know or understand that there's like multiple different organizations that you can belong to as a city. I know there's a coalition of small cities. I don't know what the requirement, uh, population requirement is for that, but the Coalition of Greater Minnesota Cities, the League of Cities, Metro Cities. So there are a number of organizations out there within the state of Minnesota that are really serving our cities throughout the state and with a little bit different niche. And I I think CGMC really tried to articulate to us that they, were, they felt like they were uh, serving a little bit different niche for cities and really were the primary voice on behalf of cities who reside in outstate Minnesota. And um, I, I think we, we, we're we fortunate in Minnesota. We have a lot of great organizations that are working on our behalf. So it's nothing to say that they aren't doing a great job for cities, but um, I think this was just the right move. All right. Uh, once again, uh, Mayor Poundell, City Administrator Martin, you had a presentation last night of a potential housing trust fund. That might include some uh, state uh, matching grants as well. Uh, talk, tell us about that. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, who wants to take that one? <laughs> so that was just our fish. Uh, this is something that's been before our Housing and Redevelopment Authority. I think we have people out there in the community that have been actively looking at this. And uh, so last night was that first opportunity where they brought forward some example language, and we're seeking some feedback and input from the council on officially establishing this uh, housing trust fund. It is something that has to be established by a local government. And so we would be that, um, that entity that would establish that on behalf of our city. 
I think we were asked last night whether or not the funds should reside within the city council, the HRA, or the HRA, um, try not to use too many acronyms here, <laughs> Housing and Redevelopment Authority or the Economic Development Authority. And truly, I mean, our Housing and Redevelopment Authority does a great job for us. So I think the council really spoke unanimously last night that that's the entity that we would like to be overseeing the fund. And there were some additional questions that we that were posed to the council last night as well on whether or not we would want to partner with a nonprofit for that fundraising component um, and some other items. Some of the, there will be some additional information coming back to the council in advance of that trust fund being fully established uh, within the city, but it's an, it's a great opportunity. It's a fund that was uh, created, I believe, from, or there's $1 million in our omnibus, not our, the state omnibus housing finance bill uh, that creates these funds for their matching grants for local housing trust funds of up to $150,000. So it's really taking advantage of a state-run program that can bring some additional matching dollars to our community to help support affordable housing. Now, what would the the goal of this fund be? Is this to build new affordable housing? Is it for people to renovate existing houses? What uh, What is the purpose? So it uh, you know, it would provide the a variety of activities such as down payment assistance, single family rehabilitation, rental rehabilitation loans <clears throat> could be for new construction projects, rental assistance, um, basically uh, to help create more affordable housing could be mobile home uh, rehabilitation. A lot of the things that the HRA is already doing, um, and we actually have cash reserves, as the mayor kind of indicated, the HRA is the most logical. So they have a matching requirement of those grants, and our HRA actually has cash. So continuing to to do the programs we are doing, expand some of them potentially to impact more people and uh, explore new programs. And and also if we bring a component of uh, public interest to support housing projects through private charitable donations, that can only help uh, help us more advance our goals around affordable housing in the community. When uh, So the, the action taken last night, did you set up this uh, trust fund as, uh, or authorize its, uh, its uh, existence? No. So we, uh, this was <laughs> okay. a discussion only. Just it was a, a, discussion. It was a okay. briefing of kind of what's coming. Uh, for it will be an ordinance, so there would be a two-step uh, process to establish this coming back in late February, and uh, there'll be uh, a, a few options and more policy information for the council to give direction on on moving forward. But I think there's a lot of excitement around this uh, with the council, uh, with the HRA, and the community. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mayor Pownell, City Administrator Martiger, with us right now. Let's talk about uh, the big thing, or the most, uh, I guess, discussed thing around town, around the water coolers around town, was a uh, potential. Uh, Use air quotes here. Mask mandate uh, requiring face coverings for indoor spaces uh, that was discussed and voted on last night. Who wants to tell the story? So I would just start out. Uh, Councillor Reister had uh, uh, requested that this be on our agenda and uh, to require a masking ordinance for the city of Northfield. And uh, she really brought forward some really quality information and background and gave a really impassioned uh, request for us to consider this. And you'll see uh, in our packet last night, there were uh, documentation of several different cities in the metro that had already considered and moved forward with this. There were a couple other cities that had 
discussed it, but chosen not to move in that direction of an actual mandate. I think uh, in both of those cases as well, they they strongly they were encouraging it and asking their community to really take uh, the COVID uh, Omicron uh, virus uh, seriously. Uh, uh, you saw great concern across many different cities uh, that we would not become lax or uh, relaxed, maybe, uh, during this latest surge here and requests from even our hospital CEO and his article that he had submitted to the Northfield News, just really reminding people that we are still in a pandemic and the importance of following all the different guidelines that we've been given. And the city has been uh, steadily moving forward, passing on the CDC, the state, the MDH, our county uh, level uh, for both Dakota County and Rice County. I believe a lot of people are following all of those guidelines just this extra encouragement in this moment that it is still important if you set your mask aside for a short time, maybe you thought it was okay and you didn't need to wear it anymore, just the encouragement that it is still really important in this time period that we're in. It's a short time period, hopefully, uh, where Omicron will will peak and then will have a steep descent. Um, It's just really important for people to continue taking precautions. It should be noted last night that uh, the vote was four to two in favor of that, but you needed a five to two vote uh, with that. It had to be a super majority because yeah. of uh, the emergency nature of this. Um, and you were one of the people who voted no on mm-hmm. that, you and uh, Brad mm-hmm. Ness. Uh, I'm sure that was a difficult decision. You, did you talk with uh, a lot a lot of people, uh, people from the you know the town, and not necessarily you know the medical community or this or that, but did you get a lot of input from people? Well, I think that uh, we did receive a Chamber of Commerce survey where they went out and they surveyed their members, and there were a lot of responses. Uh, we received input from that survey back to the council kind of late in the day. Uh, reading all of the comments was pretty amazing because the print was really small. So a lot of people felt very strongly on this. And I would say both on both sides of this. But ultimately, I think the, the survey showed from those that responded to the chamber survey that there were at least about 60% of folks were saying it wasn't necessary at this time with around 30 plus percent saying that it was really important move to make. So I think it, there are just a lot of really strong opinions on this in both ways. And yes, I think everyone on the council was really taking this seriously and have are very concerned about this. And uh, ultimately, yes, we needed five because it was an emergency ordinance for, to put it in place. Uh, maybe, yeah. maybe to add to Jeff, from a, coming from a staff standpoint related to getting input, the mayor really talked about our partners in public health and the you know the federal government, the CDC, the State Department of Health, and our county governments really are leading agencies for public health. The city doesn't have any staff that are public health professionals on that, so we're really taking the guidance and using that expertise to sort through a lot of data that's pretty complicated and changing on a pretty regular basis. As a counterexample, there have been some cities that have implemented community-wide mandates, but another example is Bloomington actually has public health staff um, on their staff, and Edina contracted with them through COVID to assist them in guiding their 
cities in the process. Both of those had both of those communities had significant discussion around this topic, and they chose not to move forward with masking mandates there with their public health. So that's that's another challenge I think is to reinforce what the mayor said. We're continuing to follow the guidance of the state uh, county governments in the recommendations, and so really issue is saying it's up to all of us to protect ourselves and follow these recommendations to spread to reduce the spread of COVID-19 so you know there's no one single step on its own uh, at preventing it Uh, so if you can layer it that's really where it's best so things like get your vaccinations uh, out there Uh, every Minnesotan age five years and older can get vaccinated and all Minnesotans age 12 and older should get a booster vaccine when they're due um the MDH has great website materials and there's a hotline out there to answer all kinds of questions. So we are continuing to push that information out there and following the, the guidance for us on that as well. All right. Mm-hmm. One final question for you, and that uh, concerns mayor for a day. Mm-hmm. We have a mayor for a day coming yes, up. We do you, does that mean you get a day off? Uh, no, I don't think so. (laughs) But I would really like love to have maybe one of our fourth or fifth graders just follow me around for a day. One of my days is really busy. That would be just a hoot. (laughs) Wouldn't that just be awesome? It would be like you having a little little person by your side watching you and allowing them to pipe in every now and then. Well, I, I do, but, uh, you know, it's rich. So. <laughs> oh, no. He's not really a little person. Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not a little person. He's pretty tall. But he does. He's not afraid to chime in. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. Uh, Rich, we know you heard that. <laughs> what? Uh, so it's a uh, for a grade school age, uh, elementary yeah. age kids. Yeah, oh. it's for all of our fourth and fifth mm-hmm. graders that attend school in our Northfield Public School System, our charter schools, uh, anybody within the the area. I think that there's an actual essay form that really talks about it in greater detail on the city of Northfield's website. But it's really just that opportunity for our fourth and fifth graders to start thinking about this community that is theirs and how they could make it better. And there are so many different ways that you can do that. This year, we've really focused on art within Ames Park. And uh, yes, I think there's a short video that city staff have helped us, uh, helped me put together on it. And just the importance of taking care of our community and engaging with our fourth and fifth graders early on, I think is just so important. And if anything, I hope that through this process, we inspire them to think about maybe they would like to serve as a city administrator or the city planner or a building official, or maybe they want to be a firefighter or a police officer, or maybe they want to serve as an elected official for their city. I mean, you really need to be... I think it just most young people uh, don't think about serving their city in that way. And so just getting in front of them, talking about them, encouraging them to think about how they can improve their city is really just, this is just a fun way to do it. So, right. yeah, and I heard you're going to submit a Mayor for a Day essay, <laughs> Jeff. I was thinking I'd say so. go for it, but I, I be bet you Jamie and I will not approve it. <laughs> <laughs> I want to walk around town with my pen signing things. <laughs> and look very official. <laughs> right? yes. Thank you two so much for coming in today. It's been fun and informative, and we look forward to talking to you, um, I guess, next week. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. Thanks.
That's uh, Northfield Mayor Rhonda Pownell along with City Administrator Ben Martig. 95.1 FM and AM 1080 KYMN Northfield. We've got Rich standing by. Look at local news is coming up in uh, just a moment. Here's MNN. Health insurance companies are now being required to cover the cost of at-home COVID-19 testing kits. Mo Schreiner, spokeswoman for the Minnesota Department of Commerce. Coverage for over-the-counter COVID-19 diagnosed tests that are authorized by the FDA. It's up to $12 per test, or if your cost is less, you would get whatever the actual cost was. And you can get up to eight tests per month per person. Authorities say a southern Minnesota man narrowly escaped getting hit by a train Tuesday afternoon in Winnebago. The State Patrol reports Daryl Garman got his electric wheelchair stuck between the railroad tracks on a sidewalk along Highway 169. Troopers say Garman was able to crawl away before the oncoming train struck his wheelchair. The Hennepin County Medical Examiner's Office confirmed